a couple of weeks ago, I had the privilege of spending a long weekend away with my husband celebrating our anniversary in Dallas, Texas. It was so great. Um, it's important. To, yeah, you can clap for that. You know why? No kids. No kids were there with me on that little getaway. It's beautiful. So we just, we really planned very few things. We had like a dinner reservation and I wanted to just hang out by the pool, read a book, that sort of thing. Super relaxing, just to have fun. Well, we're down there and I say to my husband, Ben, I say, babe, you know, the world is our oyster. Like if you could do anything at all, what would you want to do? And he's like, really? I'm like, yeah, like anything. He's like, there's this really cool VR place that we could go. And if you're not familiar with that, that's virtual reality. He wants to go video gaming at a, at a video game place. He's like, no, but it's really cool. It's like all immersive and you get to be in the video game. What do you say? I put on my happy wife face. I'm like, yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah, I would love to do that. <laughs> but I do. We, we rent an Uber, we head on over to the VR place. I walk in, this is a gamer's paradise. I'm completely out of my league. I don't know anything about this. I go to the front desk, they tell us we are in fact going to be playing a game of war fighting zombies. Hey, yeah, uh-huh, that's about as excited as I was. And then we find out we are not only fighting with each other, but we are gonna have four other people on our team. So there's these two young, like they're in their 20s, like these little couples on a double date. I'm like, we are too old to be here, but here we are. And we're gonna fight and battle together. They are strangers, but soon we're gonna be teammates. So we all go into the little room and we watch the training video. They're like, this is how you use your weapon and blah, blah, blah. Should have paid more attention if I'm being honest. Um, we leave the room and then the game master's like, time to suit up. I'm like, what now? Suit up. He gives us backpacks. He gives us goggles. He gives us a little headset so we can talk to each other. I get a gun. And he's like, it's time to advance into the war room. So we walk into this, you see it, this giant open room. And you guys, this is the moment where my nervous laughter starts. I'm like, ha, 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 what am I doing here? Like, literally, what am I doing? I'm trying to get acclimated to this like trippy little VR world. I am, I am out, of, out of my element 100%. And I have this moment that I think, gosh, I would rather be sitting on the sidelines than fighting in battle. And yet here I was being thrown into war. Now, we've been in a series where we've been talking about what it means to be the church. And I'll tell you this, that VR game, it felt really real. And it, you guys, like literally so real. Like I can't even explain how real it felt. But the truth is, it's just a game, right? Low stakes, very, like no real consequences. It's just a game. But I walked away from that experience, truly having a renewed understanding from God that there is a very real war that we as Christians are in. There's a real war and it might not be uh, against who you think it might be with. And again, we've been talking about this, like who we are as a vineyard church. And we've been learning in the series that we are called to be a family that loves. We are a school that trains. We are a hospital that mends. And yes, because we are in a war, we are also an army that advances the kingdom of God. We're an army. And this army that we're a part of, it requires participation. And there are very real consequences in this war that depend on whether or not we participate or sit on the sidelines. We are in a war and it's not a VR zombie war. I'm talking about a real spiritual war. So let's pray and we're gonna dive into the text to see what that means today. So Holy Spirit, uh, we thank you that you are the teacher and you're the commander in chief, Jesus. So we submit to you today. I ask for revelation. God, show us what we can't see. 
We invite you to be our teacher in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we are in a war, and this war is not going to be shown on your newsfeed. It's likely not going to come up in your TikTok feed, but we are in a real war. And the Apostle Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, he vividly portrays the spiritual battle that we are facing each and every day. So we're going to pick up the text here in Ephesians 6, verse 12. It says this, Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. And what Paul is revealing here in this text is there is an unseen or oftentimes a willfully ignored battle that is going on in our world. And so what he's explaining is that we are in a war and it's not a war against another country or another person. We are at war in the spirit realm. We have a real enemy. His name is Satan. I know these days it's cute to be like, the devil's not real. It's not true. He's absolutely real. He's known as Satan, the devil, the father of lies. And his mission is found in John 10.10. Satan's mission is to steal, kill, and destroy. But I want to give you a little backstory. How did Satan get here? Like, who hurt him? Like, why is he so sad and angry, right? Satan used to be called Lucifer. That was his name. And he was a powerful angel in God's army. In fact, he was in charge of all the worship in heaven. And the prophet Ezekiel described him this way. He said, the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Interesting, right? So Lucifer was likely the highest ranking angel out of all the other angels. But guess what? wasn't enough. He wasn't content in his position because he desired to be God, essentially to kick God off of his throne and to take rule over the universe. So according to Ezekiel 28, Lucifer becomes filled with violence and he sins and he uses his influence to lead other angels in a huge rebellion against God. So God casts them out of heaven and he sends them to the earth. And those fallen angels are now what we would call demons and they follow every direct order of their commander, Satan. So Satan's mission, along with his demons, steal, kill, destroy the world. We are in a war and the enemy is advancing. We are fighting a daily battle against Satan and his demons. And we talked about this last week. So if you missed the message about the cosmic battle, go back and listen, because it really sets all of this up. But what we learned is that every evil that we see on the earth, sickness, disease, death, relational brokenness, demonization, racism, addiction, abuse, every evil thing we see on the earth is the enemy advancing the kingdom of darkness. And you feel how heavy this feels? I can feel what you're feeling right now. That's heavy. You're like, this is not good news. It's real. We have a real enemy and he's wreaking havoc on the world. But I want you to know this. There is hope. There's hope because we have another player on the field. We do, right? While Satan's out there looking all cute, like I'm gonna destroy the world. Jesus is like, hey coach, put me in. Dad, I got this, send me. And so Jesus comes to the earth, Jesus who is fully God and fully man. And he comes through and lives this perfect life. He dies and he rises again. And in that resurrection, Jesus came to make every wrong right. Jesus came to release release the kingdom of God on the earth. 
And we talk a lot about the kingdom of God here at the vineyard, but I thought it would be helpful to explain like, what are you talking about when you say that? The kingdom of God. So when we hear the word kingdom, we tend to think about that geographically. Right, think about every book you've read, every movie you've watched are like the seven kingdoms of da-da-da-da-da. And you think of a place where someone is ruling and reigning. But that's a different kind of kingdom from this. The word kingdom appears 162 times in the New Testament. And it's translated from the Greek word basilia. This is an active word, meaning it's more about the activity of rule and reign. When we say kingdom, it's the activity of rule and reign, not the place of rule and reign. So it's not a kingdom place you go. It is the activity of rule rule and reign. It's something you do. And the fruit of that activity, the fruit of God's rule and reign, his kingdom here on the earth is every wrong made right. When the kingdom of God is fully at hand, every wrong is made right. The kingdom of Satan, right? His mission, the fruit of his kingdom is darkness, destruction, death, blah. The fruit of the kingdom of God is every wrong made right. It's restorative. It's wholeness in every single area. But let me tell you, this is like the clash of two kingdoms. This is a battle and we are in a war. But here's what I want you to know. We are not an audience. We are an army. We're not an audience sitting back watching this whole thing play out. We are an army. And so today you haven't come to hear a nice little sermon, although I hope it's nice. You've come today to get your marching orders from King Jesus because we are the army. So let's turn to scripture and read here the mission that Jesus gave his disciples found here. And if you're a follower of Jesus, that's you. And this is found in Mark 16. What does he say to his disciples? Then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name and they will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, but why, why would we do that? But if we do, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the, on the sick and they will be healed. Everyone say healed. We are in a war and Jesus is assembling his army to partner with him to release them the kingdom of God wherever we go. We're not an audience, we're an army. And we've been commissioned to continue the ministry of Jesus, doing the same things that Jesus did and even greater things, things like heal the sick, cast out demons, feed the hungry, love the unlovable. This is what Jesus did. We are in a war and that means we can't just sit back and watch the enemy taking out our people. Why would we sit back? Listen, I wanna tell you this. When I went to play my VR battle game that I was telling you about earlier, um, my whole plan going into the game, if I'm being totally honest, was stay out of the way. Like literally stay out of the way. Um, I was gonna stay behind the other guys on my team and let them do all the fighting. This was my game plan. I was gonna stay on the sidelines and hang back. In fact, so in the game, it will like blink red when you're close to the wall, you know, so you don't like run into the wall. And my plan was I will just hang here by the red flashy lights and stay by the wall. And then I don't have to do any of the battling. That's, that was my plan, completely hide. I might be in the game. I don't have to participate. I will hide. But as you get into the game, uh, what I didn't know was this. It was that every team member has to be working together 
to be able to move forward in the mission. And that means every team member at different points, you have to get to the waypoint. Gamers, I learned a word. Are you proud? Waypoint. It's like a little green circle that everyone on the team has to get to if you're going to continue and move forward. So I was like, well, the least I can do, I don't have to shoot anybody, but I, I can like, I can get to these little green circles. It's going to be totally fine. This is all fun and games until we get to this point where we're walking down this long hallway and there's this window at the end. And I'm watching Ben, he's going first. So there's like three of us on this side of the team. So Ben goes to the window and I hear him on the radio and he's like, oh, it's a window, we can't, oh no. Oh no, I'm like, oh no, oh no, what? Oh no, what? Like, what, what? And he's like, oh no, and he's gone. I'm like, huh? second guy goes, goes up to the window. He doesn't talk much. He's gone. I'm screaming. I'm like, wait, what do you mean? What do you mean? I get to the window. I look out. We are like 20 stories up. And you guys, if you've never done VR, it feels real. I cannot describe how real this feels. I'm, I'm looking out the window. I'm like, ooh, fun. And then I turn my head. There's this tiny little plank of wood that takes you all the way to the roof that you are expected to climb to get there. And I had this moment and I go, Absolutely not. Like, I am here. I'm a kind wife. Absolutely not. I, I cannot physically do this. I, I felt a little sweat bead just start running down my neck. I'm like, I, apparently I'm afraid of heights. I can't do it. I can't do it. And I hear the guys on top of the roof. First of all, they're getting murdered because these zombies are attacking like crazy. So I knew they needed me. But they're like, you can do it. You can do it. Only because I realized I had to do it. They could not continue in the game if I didn't get my little tush up to the top of this thing. So I think, well, I'm smarter than the game. So I close my eyes real tight like this, and I just shuffle my feet, and I think I will outsmart this game, because it's VR, it just thinks you're moving, and I didn't actually have to do anything at all. So it's good, and I got myself to the top, and everything was fine, and we got through the round. But here's the thing, my game plan, hide. And yet in that moment, I knew I had to participate with my team or we wouldn't be advancing. And I think so many times in the kingdom battle, we feel the same thing. We think, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm here, but my game plan, hide. Someone else can do the battling. They're more equipped. They're, they're better at this. I don't have to pray for people. I don't, I don't know. I will hide. I will stand by the red wall. That's not the way it works in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom battle, we all have to take ground together. Everyone say together. Do you know we're a family? We do this together and we say here at the Vineyard a lot, we say everybody gets to play. And when we say that, we mean everybody gets to participate in moving the mission of Jesus forward. We all get to participate in the kingdom, but I would say this, everybody needs to play. It's not get to, it needs, you need to play because we're in a battle. The battle is all around you. Think about your world right now, your family, your neighborhood, your workplace. Do you see the enemy taking some ground? Yeah, what do you see? What kind of destruction are you witnessing firsthand? Demonic oppression? Deceit? Financial ruin? Abuse? Anxiety? Fear? His mission is to steal, kill, and destroy. And that means we need every man and woman in the army of Jesus Christ fighting back. Our job is to push back the darkness. And this feels heavy and you're like, but I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a gamer. I don't... Do you know that God will only ask you to do it in the way that he has designed you to do it? Okay, God loves you. Oh my goodness, he knows you better than you know yourself. And here's the thing, when he says, hey, join me in this, in this battle, he's not saying do it like they do it. He's saying just like you, in your world, in your way, you are supposed to participate. You are gifted to do this. It says in 1 Corinthians 12 that the body of Christ is made up of lots of different body parts. That means we all have different functions. We all do something different 
Just like in the army, there's different rankings and things. They all have different responsibilities, but we are all participating. And the kingdom battle requires our yes. It requires participation. It requires partnership with the Holy Spirit. God wants to use you where he has placed you to push back the darkness. One of the ways that we push back the darkness here at the vineyard every single week is we feed the hungry. Do you know that that's pushing back the darkness? Yeah, right, we, we are the army. That means we continue the ministry of Jesus. Jesus fed the hungry, so we feed the hungry. Just this week, we served 292 families, not people, families, 292 in Champaign-Urbana who are struggling to make ends meet. Yeah, give yourselves a round of applause. So we join in what God is doing and we feed the hungry because that allows us to help push back the darkness. We also pray for them. We prayed for cancer to leave bodies. We prayed for upcoming surgeries. We prayed for homes and jobs to be provided. We prayed for the salvation of family members. We join men and women in this kingdom battle. We say, we will push back the darkness with you. Darkness is all around us. You see it everywhere you go. So the question is, why aren't we doing anything about it? Why? We sometimes would rather be an audience than an army. I think there's a, a couple reasons, but the first one is simply time. And I know this is true. Like, I ain't got time for no kingdom battle. Like, what are you talking I got three kids, two jobs, you know, parents, family, da 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 da. Who's got time for a kingdom battle? Do you know that God's not asking you to give up your day job to do this? <laughs> He's not saying, hey, quit your job, come to the army. He's saying, truly, as you go, would you push back the darkness as you go? Just this week, one of my neighbor friends had a birthday and I was gonna do what we do. We write on the Facebook wall, happy birthday. And the father, because he's a good commander and because I can hear his voice, he said, you know what? Would you just send her a text and actually tell her something you really love about her? I thought that's okay, Lord, you see what I cannot see. And so part of me in that moment to push back the darkness, I just sent a quick text, took me 13 seconds, okay? It takes no time at all. I get to push back the darkness by speaking God's heart over her in that moment. That is the kingdom of God at hand. That is making every wrong right. I don't know what lies she was believing that day, but in the moment she got to hear the truth of what the father says about her. And I think the second reason, so first time, right? We're like, we don't have time. You do, because it's as you go, as you go. The second, I think the second reason we don't want to go into the kingdom battle is we truly feel ill-equipped. We don't feel like we have what we need to do kingdom stuff. And that's because the, what we need to do as the body of Christ is we have to suit up. When that gamer said, time to suit up. And I'm like, oh, there's more, okay. Same thing in the kingdom. We have to suit up. What do I mean? It's found here, continuing that verse we read earlier in 12, we're gonna pick up in Ephesians 6, verse 13. Therefore, put on, when you see this, suit up, suit up, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. This is our spiritual armor. 
We've been provided with the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness. We have the shoes of the gospel of peace. We have the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And if you're feeling a little uh, about battle, get in the word. You have this, this is the sword of, of the spirit. This is how we fight back. And the great news is that our spiritual armor is divinely crafted. It's a perfect fit for each of us. You can't wear someone else's armor. It's a perfect fit just for you. We have everything we need to go into battle, but let's be honest, sometimes we don't know how to use the weapons we've been given. You guys just, I walked into that VR game. I had all the equipment. I was suited up. Not a clue. You got to switch between weapons. You got to know how to like reload and da, da, da. Here's the truth. Once I learned how to use my weapon, I, I was very good. I am a great shot actually. Now, it didn't come without a lot. I talk a lot in video games apparently. I probably drove everybody crazy on that little headset. Don't care. Um, I was really good at destroying the enemy once I figured out how to use the weapons I'd been given. And the same is true in the kingdom. We have what we need, but we need training to know how to use the weapons we have. So that, remember, we are a school that trains and we will train you through the school of kingdom ministry. And we will train you how to pray for people and how to heal the sick and how to hear from God. Don't you wanna listen to the voice of the commander? You gotta hear him. Yeah, we gotta hear him. So we will train you to do that because we want you to know how to use the spiritual weapons you've already been given. And we also want you to know this. We will not let you fight in battle alone. You're not alone. We're not an audience, we're an army. And that means we're not watching from the sidelines. We are in battle with you. And that means the army is a team and we are fighting on the same team. Church, listen up. The war is not against flesh and blood. It's not against your neighbor, the person you're sitting with. It's not against the other churches. That's literally ridiculous. The war is against the enemy. And we are all on the same team. That means we look out for one another, we protect one another, and we cover one another. It's so important. In the VR game, we got on this elevator at one point. You ever got on an elevator and you're like, which door is gonna open? Because you know, sometimes it like flips on, you're like, oh, this door opens. Fun, fun VR fun, riding it up and there's three doors. I'm like, please don't be my door, please don't be my door. My door opens right open. I'm like, dang it. So, because then I have to go first, right? terrifying. So I first peek out, I'm like, okay, seems all right. I take one step and it's like zombie, zombie, zombie. I mean, they're literally coming from all sides and I am on the front lines. It's me. I don't have a choice but to figure out how to use those weapons. I am like destroying, destroying, destroying. But here's the good news. These guys, they had my back. I couldn't see behind me, but they could, and they were fighting them off. And they were covering me on the left and the right to help me take out the enemy. And here's the deal. In, in the spirit realm, sometimes we are on the front line. And sometimes we feel like we're taking blow after blow after blow after blow. Finances get hit, your kid gets sick, you've got this relational thing that blows up and you're like, if I can't do this anymore, have you been there? Have you been there where you're like, I can't do this anymore? We got your back. We will fight with you. You are not alone. Truly. We push back the darkness together. And that means no man is left behind, no woman is left behind, and we fight together. This is what the army does. We are not an audience, we are an army. The fruit of the kingdom of God being released on the earth is that every wrong is made right. Isn't that exciting? 
Don't you want to be a part of this where you get to make wrong things right in the world? I know I do. It means we get to leave every space better than we found it. And here's the great news. We have an opportunity every single day to push back the darkness in our world, in our way. Again, I'm not asking you to be like anybody other than who God has made you to be. In your way, how do you push back the darkness? One of the ways that we push back the darkness in the community that I live, um, I live in a small town and we have these parades because every small town has like 14 million parades every year. And for the last 10 years, this is the 10th year we've done this, we said, we're gonna push back the darkness by serving our community with asking for nothing back. And that means we get at the end of the parade and you know, everybody's throwing out candy, throwing out candy. We come through and we clean up all the trash at the end. We don't need anything. We don't expect anything. Can I tell you this? There's one candy that nobody eats. Do you know what it is? Louder. It's Tootsie Rolls. Because nobody eats Tootsie Rolls. Stop buying them. Nobody eats them. And they get stuck to the street and they're like smashed in. And so we're like scraping up Tootsie Rolls in the name of Jesus so that the streets may be clean once again. And you might think this isn't really pushing the darkness back. I beg to differ. Our community feels loved and served. And we, they look like an army. Watch them march. Like they are an army as we push back the kingdom of darkness as we go. I'm not asking you to do crazy things all the time. I'm just saying, God, what do you have me do in this moment? We wanna partner with him wherever we go. We are not an audience. We are an army. Yeah, you can clap. But this army, it requires your yes. It's so much easier to just sit, and, well, easy, no, it's not easier. I wanna be clear. You think it's easier. You think I'll be an audience member, I'll just watch. Can you really watch people being taken out? Can you really sit back and watch that happen? I can't, in my heart of hearts, I can't watch that happen. I have to do something. And I hope you feel encouraged today to do something. I know it's tempting to just sit back and watch. I, I had this happen a couple months ago. We were at a vineyard conference. We had the National Vineyard Conference where most of our pastors, we went and we got to, it was just a great week, but we got to lead a session at this conference where we were teaching vineyard pastors and leaders how to hear the voice of God, right? We need to hear the commander to be able to follow the commander. And so we were doing a little clinic where we were practicing giving words of knowledge and prophetic words. And that just means we are speaking God's heart over people so that they can be encouraged, loved, sometimes healed. And so if you wanna grow in this too, we will equip you through our classes, just so you know, we'll teach you how to pray for people and how to hear from God. Um, but we're in this moment and all the leaders up front, they're giving these great prophetic words and I'm standing up there and I'm like, I got nothing, literally nothing. I'm like, God, give me a word, pick me, give me something, nothing. And all my, my pastor friends are going great, giving these great words, nothing. Then it's at the very end and I feel this little pain in my lower back that was not there before. And because I've been trained, because I've been equipped, I know that, that we would call that a sympathy pain, where that's not my pain, that is a pain for someone else because God wants to heal back pain. And so everyone's giving these great words and I just kind of throw it out the end. And if anyone has back pain, I'd love to pray for you. And then I just kind of walk away. I'm thinking nothing. This gentleman walks up to me, his name is Perry. He goes, it's me, I got the back pain. I was like, oh, okay. And I'm thinking like chronic back pain, like this is something God's gonna do this crazy great miracle. And he's like, yep, fell in the shower a couple days ago, really hurting. I'm like, okay, 
God does care about that, by the way. He does. I was feeling a little disappointed. So I, I was like, well, Perry, I would love to pray. Have you ever like been a part of a healing miracle before? Have you ever seen healing? Nope, never seen that, but here I am. I was like, okay. I said, and you, it's not like chronic back pain, right? Just the shower. He's like, well, I mean, I've been a cop for 15 years. So I've been in back, I've had back pain for 15 years. It's like, now you're talking like, all right, let's pray for this. So I tell him, I was like, look, this is really weird. I often say like, I put the natural and naturally supernatural. Like I'm not too spiritually crazy, but I got this thing. I have prayed for a whole bunch of backs to be healed. And here's how God almost always chooses to do it. Oftentimes when you have back pain, it's because one of your legs is shorter than the other. And with that, you start to compensate and you like maybe walk a little differently and that's what causes the back pain. So I tell Perry, I was like, God might do a creative miracle today. I said, hey, what would you think? Could I just like check your legs and see maybe if they're uneven and see, and see, what, see if that's true? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we sit down and I'm gonna have Perry tell you the rest. Yeah, Leah. Leah, okay. So she held my legs out and told me that sometimes one leg can be longer for the other, then we learn how to compensate for that. So when she first straightened my legs out, my feet were off by about that much. And as she held me and prayed to God, we both watched my leg come back. It's the, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Uh, and I, I'm just, I, I couldn't be more happy. And how's your pain? Uh, it's gone. <laughs> That's awesome. And she could vouch for how fast I just got off that chair. And I haven't moved like that in a couple of days. Awesome. We are not an audience. We're an army. And all it took was my participation. But wait, there's more. Because as Perry was getting prayed over, this gentleman walks up to me. He's like, oh, I've been watching this thing. I've been watching this. I see you praying here for Perry. I've had back pain since I was 19. I know for a fact one of my legs is shorter than the other one. I know it. And he's like, but I doubt that God can do this. And I'll tell you, I'll t- I will say this. There's been one time I prayed and the leg didn't move at all. It was like nothing. And it was doubt. And so I've learned now. Oh, we just, we pray for the doubt to leave first. Because again, doubt is the tool of the enemy, right? He always uses it first. Did God really say, are you sure? Right, doubt, enemy written all over it because he's a liar. And so I pray over the doubt first. And then I say, hey, Perry, you ever prayed for someone to be healed? No, no. I said, Perry, why don't you come over? And I have Perry sit down, Perry. Somebody said Perry. Anyway, and then check the legs. And sure enough, they are uneven. And so I'm gonna let the second guy tell you what happened. So, what happened? So, I saw Perry getting healed over here, uh, getting prayer from Leah, and I was very skeptical. I've had a back injury since I was 19, uh, two herniated discs, uh, found out this leg, shorter than this leg, and Perry got the opportunity to pray for me and work through the Holy Spirit, and the leg has been extended. Um, Back pain has lessened significantly. I think all that's left is just some muscle tightness from a long conference. Yeah. Amen. And have you ever prayed for healing before? Uh, no. Just my first time. All right. Today. Amen. It's incredible. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. I love it. Shock and awe. Because <laughs> Perry is in the army, right? It just required his participation. But wait, there's more. Because when we were praying for that guy, Perry's wife walks up. She's like, I've been watching this whole thing and I'm the one who told Perry to come up here for pain, but the truth is I have back pain too. And I, I was hurt years and years and years ago. So I said to the second guy who 
didn't believe in healing, who was just healed, I said, would you like to pray for Perry's wife? Let's see what happened. Um, I've been dealing with this pain since I was 18 uh, due to an injury during basic training. Um, <laughs> that hurt. I, don't, I don't know how to explain it. I just feel really overwhelmed right now. But no pain? No. Okay, um, you prayed. Yes, I prayed. <laughs> and what did you see? Uh, it, I had my eyes closed halfway through and then opened it up and asked it to extend more and it kept extending. Um, and I have seriously doubted the ability to heal for a very long time, like since I was 13. Very seriously. Nothing else. The Holy Spirit has done all manner of other things in my life, but healing, not so much. And yet. Here it is today. He used you. I'm sure she was faking. Definitely. You can't be faking that. That's true. Yeah. But wait. Th- no, I'm kidding. That's it. That's just a three. <laughs> there will be more today, I believe. So hold tight. We are not an audience, we are an army. And we have been equipped for the spiritual battle that we're in. It does require your participation. You can't just sit on the side hoping that someone else is gonna take the enemy out because we don't move forward alone, we move forward together. We advance as a unit because we are a family. We are in this together. And just so you know, whatever you're battling, we're gonna battle with you. We're gonna cover you. You're not alone in this. But we have a great opportunity ahead of us, church, to push back the darkness as we go. And can I tell you this? It's so much fun. It is so much fun. You guys, I left that VR game, again, sweating head to toe. At the end of this game, we're like high-fiving each other. We're giving hugs to strangers because now we've been in battle together. We are family and we, we, we have this connection now. I had a blast. I would do it again in a heartbeat. The same is true in the kingdom battle. It is so much fun to help people receive and release healing and to feed the hungry, and to clean up trash. It's so much fun to be able to push back the darkness because this is the mission we're called to. We are not an audience. We are an army. Amen? Amen. Stand if you're able, would you? Holy Spirit, you are in this place. We love you. And Jesus, we prepare our hearts to give you every due praise. You are who you say you are, and you lead this army. And so right now, Jesus, we want to honor you through worship, Father, I thank you for the ways that you are pushing back the darkness right now in our minds. We just tell that doubt to go in Jesus' name. And we thank you for all the healing that we're gonna walk walk out and participate in. We love you, Jesus. We pray these in your name, amen.